Well, this is a really fun episode of Above and Beyond because it's a peer in many ways. Jimmy Dykes was a basketball player, so different from me. I was a football player, but Jimmy was a basketball player that grew up in Arkansas, played for the hometown high school team, eventually played at the University of Arkansas on a tremendous basketball team. He went on to coach collegiately. He went on to coach and scout in the NBA, and then he spent a couple decades at ESPN doing what I'm doing as a broadcaster, watching a lot of game tape. There's a saying amongst scouts and coaches and even ball players, and that is the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And that is that videotape. And Jimmy, like myself, has spent, well, a career within that lens, both as a broadcaster, certainly as a player, and for Jimmy as a coach. But that took a turn for him as he went from the broadcasting booth into coaching women's basketball at the University of Arkansas, something he had never done before. And man, did that eye in the sky teach him valuable lessons, much more than just the lens of a camera or the game tape. It really was the lens into his soul. This is a episode that you're not going to want to miss. The eye in the sky doesn't lie, especially when it penetrates into our heart, as it did for Jimmy Dykes and as it does throughout this Above and Beyond episode that I'm so thankful you're tuned into. You were an Arkansas boy, right? Born and raised yes. in Arkansas? Uh, born in Oklahoma, but we moved here my sophomore year in high school. It's been are rooted here ever since, basically. How about growing up? Just you and sis. Sports always a, a passion and a big thing in your guys' lives? Yeah, it, 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 it always was. You know, my dad, you know, back in the day, man, our dads were our coaches in, in every sport. And I loved every sport. We played them all, you know, and uh, just kind of fueled the love of sports for me. I knew at a young age I wanted to do something in sports all of my life. I didn't know what that was until I got into high school and I might be a college coach. And then that drove me to play for Eddie Sutton at Arkansas and then got me started in the coaching tree for seven or eight years on the men's side at Arkansas, Kentucky, Oklahoma State. And I got into the NBA scouting for about three seasons. And then the ESPN thing just kind of fell my way. Like I wasn't even really looking for it. But as you know, oftentimes that's why God just crosses our path with the person he has for us at that perfect time in our life. And 25 years later, I'm still with him. What was life like as a teenager in Arkansas? You know, growing up, our, the, the Fayetteville High School campus is literally two blocks away from the University of Arkansas. So uh, back then, Eddie Sutton, he had the Razorbacks rolling in basketball, and this state was captivated by it. So I spent a lot of my time in the summer playing pickup games against, man, some of the great players that came through Arkansas at that time, the, the triplets, Sidney Moncrief, Ron Brewer, Marvin Delph, and just high-level games in that old Fayetteville High School gym that's been torn down and a new one's been built since then. But uh, basketball got into my blood, you know, quickly then, and, and it just grew. Uh, I had no idea at the time that that's how God was going to use me uh, in a very small way for his eternal kingdom purposes, but that's what he's done with that love of basketball that I, that I initially had. And people don't know, you were a six seven wing with a 40-inch vert all the way back in high school, right? <laughs> no, I was a, a six-foot point guard that couldn't shoot, but I knew how to pass and play hard. And <laughs> you know, Back back then, on, on, the, on the rear end of our practice shorts were the three words, dedication, discipline, and defense. And I, I was pretty good on all those things, and, and that's what kept me on the team. And I'm the, probably the only guy that I know of in Arkansas history in, in two ways. I'm undefeated as a player. 
and in games that I actually played. I believe I ended up 31 and 0 because wow. I only played in games like when it was decided. Like, okay, it's safe to put you in. Let's go. So I'm un- I'm undefeated as a player in uniform, and I'm pretty sure I'm still the only. Razorback that my grade point average at the end of four years was higher than my point per game average. <laughs> and, and Brock, I wasn't a 4.0 student. I was, I was a 3.5. So that tells you my overall career points production. Uh, funny. <laughs> but you knew basketball was your calling. I did. You know, it was just a, it was just a, a love that I had, a love for the game. And I loved all sports. Interesting. I had more offers out of high school to run track than, than college uh, basketball, but mm. You know, I knew I wanted to be a college basketball coach, so I had some good wisdom from my dad who said, you know, if you want to coach, you need to go over there and get underneath Eddie Sutton and learn the game and let him help you with his career. So it was a defining moment as I look back. Like, I could have gone some other places, and my path would have been probably different in getting to where I am now. I, st- I still believe God would have gotten me where he wants me to be. But that that decision as a – 17, 18-year-old coming out of high school to think, you know, I'm just going to stay right here knowing that I'm not going to get to play much. Mm-hmm. I've got all Americans in front of me, and we're going to the Sweet 16, and Arkansas is a top 25 program. But I, I for some reason, God gave me the, the, the wisdom, I guess, at that age to know that this is going to pay off down the road. Just hang in there. When did and he? Man, there's a lot of truth in that in life, isn't there? Oh, no question. When did he first capture your attention what did you grow up in a home where um you, I, I would think arkansas is in some ways in the bible belt down south did you grow up in a home that was very familiar with church and very familiar with god and in relationship with him yeah brock i did we moved around my my dad worked for the telephone company and we got transferred around a lot up until my sophomore year in high school but i got saved at a small country church in just outside of topeka kansas in the sixth grade and uh, got baptized the following Sunday. And, you know, Jesus was in my heart from that day on and, and always has been. So um, I don't have one of those stories of just really going off on a, on a wrong path for a long time and, mm-hmm. and, and the love of God, you know, being with me and patient, bringing me back. And I, I, I don't have that story. I have a, you know, a, whatever a normal story is, I guess I have. I, was blessed to have my mom and dad are both are 84 and 83 still married 68 years now I think it's just uh, it's a story for me that God has always been so real to me so authentic to me my relationship with Jesus has grown over the years in an authentic way I did work at a camp in Branson Missouri called Canacuck it's a it's just a terrific sports Christian based camp uh, here about two hours from the University of Arkansas. And I worked there four summers. Back then, when I was in college, you didn't go to summer school and have summer workouts. You went home and worked and all mm-hmm. that and came back in the fall. And my my faith and my commitment, uh, my devotion in terms of how I wanted to live my life and look different to others really grew during those four summers as a counselor at that camp. Mm. And I, I mentioned I wasn't, I was far from a great player. I did letter three years in a row at Arkansas, but one of the, one of the things that grew out of that time, um, as we started to take the court on my, uh, our, for our senior night, um, we were all so excited and we almost took the court. And, and before we did, Alvin Robertson, who was an all American, went on to be an all NBA player. Uh, he stopped and said, hold up, coach, uh, uh, Jimmy hadn't prayed for us yet. 
And looking back, like I remember that was that was my role, I guess, on the team, if, if nothing else, was to pray for our team before we went out. But to have someone on senior night who's an All-American, where Alvin was and all that, to, to for that to that seed to be planted in his heart, that, that moment always stuck with me. It's just a lesson that, man, grow where you are, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's kind of been my 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 verse in my heart ever since. Haven't I seen that scene in Hoosiers or something? Probably very similar. Yeah, very similar. You remember <laughs> they the, stole it from me. Yeah, that's right, man. That the preacher's son. Remember Gene Hackman, yeah, the coach, and they're that's waiting right. yes. on the preacher's son to finish yes. praying. I should have made the movie, man. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be talking about movies. Uh, but over the <laughs> red carpet. Yeah, but over the course. Yeah, but even over the course of that uh, of that movie on that team, you could see that influence. So in some ways, you know, you say, hey, you didn't have a normal or a crazy testimony or a story that was a prodigal son, and you left and came mm-hmm. back. But there always is a story, and your story certainly was one of consistency that struck those teammates, even in your college years. Yeah, that that uh, that word consistency is man, it's uncommon in a lot of ways these days. And you know, I just I, I it's by the grace of God in my life that I've had consistency, uh, not not perfection at, at all, but consistency in. Uh, the understanding to never, never let go of his hand through the, through the good in my life that I've had and the bad in my life that I've had. Uh, I've, I've learned that lesson. Um, even back in college when I wasn't playing, I'd get frustrated and only getting games that we were going to win and, and just working as hard as I could every day in practice to, to, you know, try to get more time and all those things. Even back then, I remember, in my room late at night, just having a, a trust that God had me where he knew was best for me, although I didn't understand what that really looked like at the time. But that uh, just that sense in my heart to know to never let go of his hand, man, because he's always got us. He's always taken us where he knows is best for us. That the path maybe doesn't look like what we should be on at the time, but the, the trust to know that Man, just just hang on, man. Hang on to his hand. Don't let go. Keep trusting. Keep fighting. Avoid the noise. Hang in the battle. Be tough. All those things in terms of your relationship with God, that's that's very, very real to me because of those times that I've been through. And I looked at your bio here, Mr. Dykes. It's not just been an easy road now. You get into no. that coaching, and that coaching yeah. is a, a job of insecurity in many ways. That coaching yeah. is a job that is incredibly fickle. That coaching is a job that in many ways is the opposite of consistency. I, I know there's a Coach K, and, and I know there's a, a Dean Smith that preceded him at North Carolina. I know that there was a Bobby Knight at Indiana. I know that there are guys, Jim Beheim that have done it for decades in their place. But by mm-hmm. and large, that is a job of inconsistency as far as your tenure and where you're going to go and where you're going to end up. And you certainly had a road that took you many different places once you finished your career at Arkansas. Yeah, it's, I was really fortunate to, to bounce around at the high level of college athletics throughout my mid-20s to late 20s. I mean, I'm an assistant at the University of Kentucky. Hmm. Um, I'm 27 years old, and we got forced to resign as a staff there, um, do an NCAA investigation with, that I had zero part of. I wasn't a recruiting assistant at the time, but we all got let go, and I landed on my feet at Arkansas Little Rock, and then from where, there went to Oklahoma State, and then left Oklahoma State to get in the NBA and worked for ESPN for about 21 years, and then my alma mater here at Arkansas 
called and and uh, offered me the Arkansas women's head coaching job and I got before the Lord and my wife and I and we Brock we just we really prayed about it hard because my, at first I was like no that that that's not for me that that's not for me <laughs> but then it became very real that it was for me that that's where exactly where God wanted me and all I knew when I took that job was His promise to me as he can as he can only speak to us in certain ways his promise to me was i am with you and there was no i am with you and you're going to win i am with you you're going to get a coaching extension i am with you you're going to hang i am with you that's all i heard and that's all i needed for 3 years and the first year was a terrific year we the first time in arkansas on the women's side had ever been to the ncaa tournament First time for us to win a game in, in, in the NCAA tournament probably forever. We had a top 25 recruiting class, and things were rolling after that first year. And I knew I was in the right place. I wasn't hung up on the wins and losses. I just knew that God had me there for a purpose. And then over the next two years, when it didn't go my way, is when that purpose really became crystal clear to me. And God started teaching me uh, at a much deeper level than I'd ever known before in some key areas of my life about the faithfulness of him, um, about the power of our spoken words to others, uh, to ourself. Um, ultimately at the end of those three years, the poison that unforgiveness in our heart causes us, uh, and our relationship is based completely on forgiveness. And he taught me one morning about a month after I was no longer coaching at Arkansas and I was starting back with ESPN that, he wasn't going to allow that in my heart. And he called me to an accountability level in that one word forgiveness beyond anything I ever thought I knew about that word. Mm. And I thought I knew forgiveness. Uh, but that's one of those words, Brock, you think you know until you have to be the one that's doing the forgiving. And he took me to a whole other level and really cleansed my heart in a lot of things uh, that happened occurred for whatever reason hard feelings resentment happens at all times with coaches when it doesn't mm -hmm. work out mm -hmm. um, but he took me to a new level of forgiveness uh, that I, I didn't understand uh, I even write in my book that I don't think there's any act tied to obedience more than forgiveness because it does not come natural it's not an easy thing to do and when I first started learning that lesson and started forgiving the things in my life that had hurt me or towards others. I just did it out of, out of true obedience. God, you've told me to do this. So I'm doing this out of obedience. I don't want to do it. I don't like doing this, but you've told me, you've commanded me about that word forgiveness. And I finally got to the point where I, that next level of forgiveness is praying for blessings <laughs> and prosperity for those people that have offended you and, and praying for God's anointment on their life and blessings and, and I write about it very openly and honestly in that book, uh, The Film Doesn't Lie, that we're talking about right now that uh, I think will really resonate with a lot of people because I, I, I know that bitterness, resentment, all those things that can get in our heart, man, they, that's, the, that's the tool of the enemy in, in so many ways in our life. Can we walk and drill deeper? I mean, that's the beauty of this podcast. Uh, sure. Coach, or do I call you Jimmy, or do I call you Mr. Dykes, call or do me, I call you call Mr. Me everything. Just don't, don't call me Mr. Mr. Three, <laughs> Mr. Three D's on the rear end of the short discipline. What was it? Defense, dedication. Oh, dedication, discipline, and defense. There we go, yeah. the three D's. Um, yeah. 
I want to drill down a little bit deeper there, and that's the beauty of this podcast. And as you've listened to some of these other above and beyonds over the years, mm-hmm. it is it is getting into it, right? It's digging into some of that. Can can you take me into a relationship or two that most epitomize maybe some of that bitterness that you were feeling and that forgiveness that as hard as it was that you knew you had to reach out to and forgive? Sure. Yeah. It's uh you know, I I, I told my wife um, we live right here in Fayetteville when I took the job at Arkansas and then coming out of it, we're, we, we live right here in Fayetteville. We're not going to move. My mom and dad live three houses down. Her parents live an hour and a half away. Both of our, uh, parents within the family are dealing with, uh, well, my mother-in-law is dealing with brain cancer. My dad's dealing with liver cancer. Like we're not leaving. We're going to stay here mm. and we're going to be right in the middle of our life and go right back to ESPN and, keep on charging down the road that God has us. But then, you know, you get, you get away from coaching and you look back and, and see relationships. Um, I think any head coach that, that leaves a program, not on their own terms, on their own, on their, on, on their own wish, there's some hard feelings that can grow between you and uh, decision makers, administrators, school presidents, athletic directors, whatever. And I was sensing that growing in my heart. And I refused to let it happen. And um, I got intentional about it. Uh, it wasn't easy at first. Uh, but then um, Je- Jeff Long, who's now the ath- athletic director at Kansas, he was the athletic director at Arkansas at the time. And it was interesting how God uh, made sure that that relationship got right between us. Uh, because I saw Jeff Long maybe four or five months after he had just been let go at Arkansas, like the year after uh, I was there and uh, saw him at a, at a basketball game uh, for the first time in over a year, shook hands, gave each other a hug, asked about our families, all those things, which could have been a very, very uncomfortable moment, odd moment, awkward moment. Don't want to go there moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but, but my heart was right and his heart was right. And, we now have a, a good relationship, and that's, that's, that's only through the grace of God, through the power of Jesus, that and he can change people. He can change any circumstance. He can change, uh, you know, your, your, your heart towards others, and uh, that's probably the, the, the best example I can have coming out of it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and forgiving yourself. You know, I had to forgive myself because I look back and think, man, if I would have done this, this, and this instead of that, that, and that. It would have it would have maybe changed, you know, my my overall record, and we've gone to another NCAA tournament or two, whatever. And you battle that. I I, I battled that voice and that noise, that that that's in your ear constantly, and and for all of us, we have so much noise brought coming at us every single day, and and the discipline uh, to know what is truth coming at you and what is not, and I learned that as well to avoid the noise, made sure that the, the men that were around me at that time in my life were men telling me truth, mm. filling me with love, filling me with the right things. My circle got smaller then to make sure that I, I wasn't allowing wrong thoughts, wrong ways to come at me. And uh, I, I, I touch on that in the book as well. Because for 20 years, you were broadcasting. Yeah. You know, we have seen this, Jimmy. It's an interesting time we live in, right? Aaron Boone was a broadcaster at ESPN, and the managerial job of the Yankees came calling. John Lynch 
was in television at Fox and the general general manager job comes with the 49ers. We have seen this, you know, folks coming out of broadcasting by, you know, with schools or organizations saying, geez, you know, you kind of check a lot of our boxes for 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing the broadcasting. The hometown school comes calling. It's a dream season. Year number one, I believe you had nine players, right? You didn't have a lot of players, but it was a dream season doing something that never been done at Arkansas. And I'm sure there was some feeling, as you said, of confirmation uh, amongst your wife and your daughter, like, okay, yeah, this was the door we were to go through. Yeah. But quickly, some adversity comes. Quickly, yep. the other spe- end of the spectrum in sport comes and losing comes. And it sounds like when Jeff Long and Arkansas decided to part ways, you were just, what, competitively? You is just a, a, a player, as a coach. You weren't ready for that door to close? No, that just that, I think the competitive side of all of us is like – this I, I want to keep fighting fighting this thing, you know. Um, but I quickly got a real piece that I I knew it made no sense. Brock, me leaving ESPN at the highest level that I was yep. didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people across the country. And there, I took a lot of shots across the country when I took that job. And you had never coached um, women's basketball. No, I never coached women's basketball. So then I go in that first year and we win and and I only had eight players at that, that first year the last month because one of them was out with a broken wrist and we win I get a contract extension so now now the noise that Jimmy Dykes is fighting is the noise of pride the the noise of uh, not being humble the the noise of ha ha I showed you. Now I got all that noise into my ear, okay? Mm-hmm. And I have to I have to discard that. I have to ignore that. I have to not pay attention to those that, you know, you're you're awesome, you're great, you're rolling, you're this, you're this, you're that. Because two years later, the noise is coming at me of failure, didn't get it done, disappointment, resentment, greed, and uh, envy, bitterness, all those things start coming at you. And, you know, that's that's – so I went through – a period there in my life where I learned a, a ton. And although it didn't turn out exactly like I wanted to from a win and loss record and going to the NCAA tournament, I wouldn't trade that tough time in my life for anything in the world because of what God did in my heart, changed my heart. Um, I was so, so blessed uh, to receive a phone call the very next day from ESPN saying, we want you back. Yeah. And that was just confirmation to me quickly. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to wait on God's confirmation at that point in my life. That was God's confirmation to me that he always had me. Like he, he knew that the, the, the number of hours that I was going to be at Arkansas and knew exactly where I was going to go and reestablish me back at ESPN. And, and as you know, that doesn't happen now. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's not the norm in our business. So I've been so blessed and so fortunate the ESPN they've been they've been they've been so good to me man there's so many people there that have believed in me and helped raise my career and and helped me keep my platform established and you know, that's uh that that's just a they have been a huge blessing in my life mm. that company has and what was the impetus Jimmy to to write this book uh you know interesting Brock uh I don't know you, I don't know if you're on the email list or not, but prior to taking the coaching job at Arkansas, I had an email. It was over a thousand people that that, that that initially started on an email with me, Dave Pash, Kirk Herbstreit, yeah. Todd Blackledge, mm-hmm. 
Ron Franklin. I, I think you may have yeah. got added on to that at some point. Yep. And it started with six or seven of us, and we just said, you know what, let's try to stay connected and keep the proper perspective in our life as we're chasing this thing called an ESPN broadcaster. So I started sending those out once every two weeks. Looking back at them, they were they were they were they were they didn't resonate very well, I'm sure. Uh, but I, for some reason, I stumbled onto those one day and started go back and reading those and just realizing how much I've learned since I was writing about things like mm. forgiveness and the mm. power of our words and those things. And so I just, you know, it was, it was on my heart that, uh, I was going to take something that wasn't necessarily the best thing that happened to me in my life and, and, and make it for God's good, make it good out of my life and just be open and share, you know, all the good that has happened with ESPN in my life. Boom, boom, boom. When it doesn't go my way, boom, boom, boom. And through all that, you never let go of God's hand. So I just sat down and started writing one day, not knowing the end result. Had, had no clue, no clue about you need a literary agent and how all that works. Had a couple of chapters written, uh, reached out to a couple of literary agents. One of the first ones that got it said, I believe in this book. I believe it's going to speak to the heart of people. And it just, it kind of just went from there. And, and within two off seasons, I got that thing written and, uh, I've, I've watched God's hand already move on this book. Um, when I look at all the college head football and basketball coaches that, that have the book are receiving the book and the influence that they have. And, and so it's, uh, I, di- I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I did not know. I just trusted that God had laid on my heart to start writing and start sharing and, and, and start, start um, just being open and honest with people about how real God was with me, how he's taken care of me, how he's changed me and what a real authentic walk with God looks like to me. Like I'm, I'm like you. I I think we're both just normal guys, man. We got, I've got a, I got a wife I'm responsible to. I've got a daughter I'm responsible to and a 16 year old dog. I'm just a common, normal guy that has a really cool job, a lot of people think. But I got the same struggles, man, the same thoughts, the same issues, the same attacks, the same motives that I fight off every single day. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what? I, I want, I, I'm not a preacher. I haven't been to seminary, but I'm a real guy that I, that I think can share a real message that I, that I hope might just change one person's life if they read this book. You said at the beginning of this, about a half hour or so ago, well, you know, my testimony, there, there really wasn't a lot to it, right? I, I, I didn't have this enormous transformation. Look at it now. <laughs> yeah, there is more than I thought. You're right. You know, yeah, may, maybe yeah. in those years in, in elementary school and in junior high, by God's grace, and, and even through college, I think where a lot of folks experiment and try to learn and everything through God's mm-hmm. grace, there was a steady in hand. But all of that was built up. So, you know, maybe in your second career and in this bold choice that you do take to remove yourself from your career to do something outrageous, to coach a sport that you never coached before in women's basketball in your own hometown, maybe all of that was built for you to be able to take that step and then ultimately walk through some of the trial and the challenge and the perseverance and the forgiveness that it took, Jimmy, to walk through that chapter of your life. Yeah, Brock, I... I uh... I love being around people that have a limp in life. I don't I I just love being around folks that have been knocked down, that have fought their way back up, 
by the hand of God, holding on to it. They, they walk through life with a limp. I like teams heading into March Madness that have a limp about them. Like it hasn't gone their way all the time this year. And they've learned how to take a punch. And just all that does is strengthen who they are and their core and their heart and their, 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 their pulse as a team as one. Like those are the kind of teams I'm going to focus in on during March Madness. But I like being around people like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I probably do walk with a limp more now than I did five or six years ago. And, but that's okay. It, it's, I, 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 I've uh, experienced God at a whole nother level, a whole nother way, a whole nother newness to me. I can really relate to coaches that when it's not going their way, what they're going through. I've had some tremendous, tremendous conversations with guys when they get let go and just talk to them about, you know, you're a believer and you have to hold on that, that God is, is going to have something better for you down the road. You can't see it now, how you have to fight off those voices, how you have to keep your heart clean, swipe all that, swipe all those marks away from your heart that are trying to get into you. So I, I don't know if I would have had those type of real conversations with people had I not gone through a similar situation. I think that's that's the beauty of life, man. And uh, I, I I probably didn't walk with a limp uh, when when I when just my life was ESPN and rolling. And I had six months off and everything's good and the contract, the multi year, all all those things. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden you go through a time. And you do walk with a little bit of one, but but I'd, I'd rather walk with a little bit of limp, with a real God holding my real hand, than walk through life seamlessly and effortlessly without any issues, but I'm not holding on to God. And that power of forgiveness. I'm going to guess as I dig into film, don't lie. I'm going to walk away with a deeper understanding, a deeper level of what forgiveness really looked like for Jimmy Dykes and probably will challenge me and many others that, that go on and read that book about just what forgiveness really does look like. Well, Brock, I think so. You know, I touch on a lot of things there, man. There's, uh, there's the, 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 just the, the power of our spoken words, like what we say about ourselves and what we say about God. And does it, does it align with his written word, you know? Yep. Um, how to survive a drought. I think we all go through hard times. And I touch on how I think it's important to, when you're going through tough times in life, how do you survive a drought and the purpose of those droughts and um, the noise that comes at us every day? What is, what does real toughness look like? You know, I've, there's been books and articles and podcasts and seminars and speeches and locker room talks by coaches about toughness. I, I know I, I don't have the book in front of me right now. I just know at one point in the book I write, I can't, the, the toughest people to me in the world right now are those that get up every single day. And the first 15, 20 minutes of the day is them alone with God's written word on their knees saying, God, I need you today with all desperation, with every breath that I have. Like to me, man, that's toughness. That's just day after day after day of, hanging in there and not getting bored with the basics in life. And to me, that's, that's about as basic as I can get is just that desperate plea to God every day. God, I need you. Don't let me forget you. Don't, don't give me something that's going to take me away from you. Don't give me, don't give me too much. Uh, so I, I, I share a lot of that thing. It's, it's, it's a, it's an easy read, Brock, because I wrote it, and I don't, I don't use big words. You've been on there with me now for 30 minutes. So I write the book with it's – it's easy to read from that aspect, yeah. but it's tough and challenging to read because 
I really call the reader to pause and look at their life like coaches look at a game film. The truth is there, man. It's there. You thought you ran the right route. You thought you boxed off. You thought you sprinted. No, right there that is on the film. And here's the good stuff we're doing too, by the way. Let's look at that. That's important. But pause and look at our life like a game film. That's where real growth and real, real change occurs, I believe. Above and Beyond, the intersection of faith and sports. Subscribe to receive every episode at AboveAndBeyondPodcast.com.